Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, Dr. LaFanya Jones-Hines, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapist. What we will be is informative, down to earth, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up your volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Now, before we get into it, we want to make sure that we give a huge shout out to our new countries that have started listening to us. And our top new one, as far as listeners go, is Brazil. Hey, come the- on through Brazil. <laughs> yes. I can't speak no Portuguese. I know. I was, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what's the word? I know in my head. I was like, I know no Portuguese. <laughs> I've been there, though. Shout out to Iguazu. There we go. Okay. Um. Then we have South Africa. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. Which we always, you know, get get a little African people in there. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and then our final person is South Korea. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening and tuning in. We appreciate your support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, 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 interns. Y'all ready? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So y'all know I like to start you off with a different little question. So I have a question for you, ladies. Mm -hmm. It's a good one, too. Dr. Wall is going to love this question. I'm not dealing with you today. (laughs) (laughs) What are your top three turn-ons? Are we keeping it PG? Are we? I mean, uh, Dr. Jones Hines and I already gave I was, us an explicit <laughs> session. So I was just getting ready to say, we already done started, you know, non PG. <laughs> okay. They've already been warned. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that this, this season is going to be a little bit different. Got yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Top three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'll give y'all one of my first ones. Okay. Because <laughs> Mr. Hines. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. chocolate mm-hmm. drop <laughs> and see that's that's my turn on right there because <laughs> he just so chocolate and sexy Lord. and that beard oh come mm-hmm. on grown man bone structure he do have a nice uh full beard he it's does. not like spotty mm-hmm. yes. he ain't got no beijing on it <laughs> <laughs> so yes that's that's that's, that's one turn of yours on. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. okay uh, I I definitely like uh strong like strong hands or like a strong body, mm-hmm. you know, like because I'm you know I'm not a small girl, so I want you know somebody that has the ability to you know really be uh mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious! I'm trying yes. to keep it real PG, <laughs> you know. I mean, because I, I you never know. Mm-hmm. Something might pop up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know what's going out in the ether. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely like like strong hands, strong back, strong you know arms, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I'm not a huge abs person, mm-hmm. but I definitely like you know to be able to see that you can you know handle 
your weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. You like how I did that? Yes, I did. I, did. <laughs> uh, I would say one of mine would be that swag or mm-hmm. it's just something about mm-hmm. it. Like you can't really even put into it into words, but when you see it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hmm. Because for me, I don't need a man who come into the room and tell me he a man. I just need you to be him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and like that, that swag energy. Like, and I don't mean like flashy or anything because you know that would tear my nerves up. But, mm. yeah, mm. Mm-hmm. that yeah. je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'm also a sucker for uh, teeth. Mm. You know, and I that that is definitely coming from a personal place. Uh, for the interns that don't know me, like I have a pretty large gap in the front of my um, top teeth. Mm-hmm. And that's always been something that I've been super insecure about. Um, so I've always been a sucker for like white, straight, closed front teeth, mm-hmm. like specifically. Like and, they need to be. Yeah. And your mama in the industry. And, yes. <laughs> and my mom is in the dental industry. Yeah. <laughs> and both of my parents have great teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so it's that's definitely something that I'm like I immediately look for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if them dentals is messed up, like I don't care how you look, it's just like my brain is like no. And so no. I would have to say my next one would be hygiene. Period. Like mm-hmm. I love a man that look good, smell good. He looks like he grooms himself. Mm-hmm. You know I, that that is a definite um, turn on for me. Mm-hmm. I would say I tend to date. Uh, a more metrosexual man. I know every man that I done date is like I'm not metrosexual, but they are. Um, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. It ain't. Ain't. It's that just, it, don't, it don't mean what you think it means. No, right? it don't. I like a well kept guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I am straight up slouchy sweatpants enough for all everybody. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I don't need my man to also be like that. Even though you know I can dress up when I need to dress up, but I like. That well kept. Don't don't come in here with no three piece suit and a time piece because that's too much. I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh no, that's I was just say, right. That's, that's just right for me. Just I right. love it. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. That's just right. Gotcha, uh-huh. gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, what's your third one? My third one. I like a manly man, like someone who's handy around the house. They can like if we have to call a plumber that's the last resort like he gonna get Mm. out there and mess it up first (laughs) (laughs) you know and hopefully fix it yeah you know and then we won't have to call a plumber you need an overton yeah yeah there we go i like it i like manly men Mm -hmm. um and then i would say my third one would be um being able to have like philosophical you know really (laughs) Like philosophical conversation, somebody that's not, you know, afraid to dive into alternative ideas mm-hmm. um, or, you know, just alternative things in general. Um, so I think that that's also something that um, okay. is yeah. also a turn on. So since she took mine, I got to come up with another ah, one. Sorry. Um, I will say the ability to be vulnerable. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I'm an empath. Um, I'm also a therapist, so I don't, I don't want to do that type of work mm-hmm. with my significant other. But when a man comes to you and they are just ready to be open, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't already did they work. It's just mm-hmm. something so sexy about them. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, okay, I need to get my life more together. <laughs> more together. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. That's good. I mean, but I think I would agree with everything that y'all said yes. as well. Yes. Maybe, yes. maybe with the exclusion of the Metro part, but for me. Yes, I know. Uh, I'm more of a, like, I like a, a you know, a stereotypical, like, dude. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know. Well, you know I date thugs that dress up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, and I can definitely agree with the intelligence part and the emotional intelligence part. Because oh, I for definitely sure. would. That Need is very that. attractive. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because you want to be able to have a conversation. You just mm-hmm. can't be good in bed and not have be able to have a conversation. Yeah. Oh, and the hygiene mm-hmm. part that you said, because, you know, we had a whole cackle <laughs> about that earlier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. The hygiene. Mm-hmm. So if you can't tell yet, interns, we are going to be talking about relationships. Yay. Y'all's favorite topic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. Another question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever realized how you are a different person once you get out of a relationship? Sometimes. Okay. Occasionally. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good question. Uh, Cause when I think about relationship, I'm trying to figure out how I'm defining that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if we're talking long-term relationships, I've only had two long-term relationships, but I've dated mm-hmm. a bunch of people. So, mm-hmm. um, the people, and some of those would be six months, you know, yeah. a year, well, not even a year, eight months, you know, stuff like that. So that's a good point. So what, so as we're talking about this, when we say relationships, how long do y'all want? I would say like at least six months. Cause okay. you know how we were talking about in the other session, you know, mm-hmm. the representative stuff, you know, you need to start doing some, some life mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So six months longer. Uh, for me, the shorter term ones did not have as much of an impact on me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, I wasn't really invested in those relationships like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause it was just dating for the purpose of dating or it was just a casual, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of hookup kind of relationships. There wasn't really Mm -hmm. any type of desire to go beyond that. Mm -hmm. Player from the Himalayas. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, in my day, <laughs> you know, don't let this this long term marriage fool you. Now. Uh, now, my first long term relationship, yes, and I've said this before in previous sessions, that relationship drastically changed who I was. Um, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine the woman I would be today had I not been involved in that relationship, yeah. even as um, traumatic and uh, abusive as it was. There's a level in my mind that. I even almost cringe saying this that appreciates going through that experience. Mm-hmm. I hate having it, but I don't know who I would have been without it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the immediate effects I think were very emotionally damaging and, um, you know, changed my viewpoint on men in the immediate, like short term. Mm-hmm. But I think there was some benefit in the long run uh and then i'm still in my current one so i ain't got out of that one so i don't really have no comment (laughs) comment on Mm -hmm. that so interns if you can't guess we want you to start thinking about who the person you were molded into um while you were in a relationship and how you presented yourself after you got out of the relationship like how it affected you after Mm -hmm. you were out of the relationship i was cutthroat I think mm, I stopped dating normal. a dude when after my first relationship mm-hmm. because I didn't like that he wore plastic watches, mm-hmm. like okay. petty. Like I just did. I mean, it, it was, was done. I yeah. was done. Didn't have nothing left to give. I did, and I was like, <laughs> oh, 
almost said uh, a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this black person, <laughs> this ninja, <laughs> uh, and I, that's what I was thinking. But of course, at the time, I was like 22. 22 23 something like that mm-hmm. um and i'm like oh no you wearing a swatch watch <laughs> oh no really? no sir i do no yeah you go into super protective mode mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean it was just so much there were so many people that i dated and it was just these small little reasons like oh i don't like you seem like you thought you were gonna yell at me so yeah i'm just gonna ghost you i mean even though we didn't have that term back then Mm -hmm. but that's basically what it was Mm -hmm. um you know just very zero tolerance for a long time Mm -hmm. after that yeah I, i think something that i recognize is that typically in a healthy relationship, you're not being molded and nobody is molding you. Mm-hmm. But when you get into those relationships that are not as healthy, people are kind of forcing you into a situation that you don't want to be in, but because you want this person, you're like, okay, I'll concede or okay, I will let that belief go or that value go. And then to one day you just look up and you're a totally different person. You don't mm-hmm. recognize yourself. You might not even recognize the person that you're with. But ironically, I think people do that because they think that's what they want mm-hmm. on either side. But in reality, they be wanting something totally different. They're just going with the societal norms. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because I have clients all the time in relationships and they've lost lost themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to work on them finding who they are, mm-hmm. which, you know, y'all know I had that questionnaire in my office. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we have to just get back to the basics because first of all, depending on how long you've been in this relationship, there has been changes that you've made throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so on top of those changes, anyway, those changes were molded into this. If it's an unhealthy relationship, those changes were molded into the relationship that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, vice versa with your partner so now you have to figure out okay so do i is i always uh use the example of the runaway bride she didn't Mm -hmm. even know what kind of eggs she liked Mm. (laughs) and she went through all them eggs to try to figure it out and don't even really like them exactly Mm -hmm. and so i always tell give that example with to my clients of like you you got to figure out what kind of eggs you like Mm -hmm. yeah back to the basics Mm. yeah Yeah. what do y'all think about the guy or the girl who is doing the molding Mm -hmm. so i definitely think that it depends on kind of this person's personality structure Mm because some people can do it from a place of wanting to control Mm -hmm. the other person and kind of have them you know, in a possessive kind of ways, like your, your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can try to mold your partner in that way so that they don't see a way out of the situation in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, you know, they're just stuck there. Yeah. Um, but if we're not going that deep in, mm-hmm. uh, on it, I would say it's because you want Uh, something similar to what you just said like you want a partner that's going to fit with you so you try Mm -hmm. to make these small suggestions on how this person can improve this thing or that thing um but over time that creates like you were saying a different person yeah you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and i also think it's because of another part of what you were saying dr wild not knowing what you want 
and thinking because mm-hmm. how many times have you all dated someone that you thought you wanted and it was like mm, mm-hmm. yeah i many. probably should have left let you keep walking many. <laughs> oh yeah uh have had people reach out mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. like years later mm-hmm. and it's like oh you still exactly the same as you were yeah back oh. then or it was your high school crush and they reached out and was like oh my god and then you been like mm. you see my face uh- mm. <laughs> I know. Yes. I, I wish you would. I, I mean, saw I know my you high school oh, yeah. crush yeah. on Facebook and I was like, dodged a bullet. Yes. Dodged a bullet. Okay. I got some other ones, but I dodged that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I think it's just so interesting when you are looking at the molder in a relationship and how they have these expectations for whoever they are with and it's like do you not realize that that is not the person that you should be with if you have to do all this more and just let them go mm-hmm. but right. also there's this part of me that's like doing the internal work and I'm like but do you match up with what you want because mm-hmm. a lot that's of times true. people be wanting you know this prim and well just you because I, I, we date men here um using this prim and proper mm-hmm you know, motif that men want a lady in the streets and a freaking uh, sheets and stuff like that. But sir, you don't know what a labia is. Mm. Sir, you don't know how to tie a bow tie. Like there, okay. you want all these things, but you don't have nothing yeah. that you bring in. Mm-hmm. You just, you really want the status of this imaginary relationship in your head. Yeah. And like I said, this is just because we date men mm-hmm. flip side for women as well. Right. Having somebody mm-hmm. that, caters to your every whim takes you on these fanciful dates and things like that and yeah but then you don't want to relinquish control right where where you where they do that at i remember doing a speaking engagement one day on um i think it was parenting some type of parenting thing and um one of the examples that i get whatever i was talking about one of the examples i gave was men want uh women that know how to cook but do you know how to fix on anything do you know how to fix a car you know how to fix a pipe you mm-hmm. know how to turn on the air condition mm-hmm. like and so i was telling my mm-hmm. telling the fathers i was like teach you y'all raising them to want these type of men but teach them how to fix a, teach them how to wash a car mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's I a agree. whole other topic right there because i mean i need you to treat these kids the same because mm-hmm. these are skills mm-hmm. yeah and skills are not gender normative they're not <laughs> we make them but they're yes. not Yes. But I agree with both of you ladies, you know, you do have to be take stock. And this is something we kind of say, mm-hmm. you know, periodically and frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to always be self-assessing on what are your motives behind what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you are, you know, making these suggestions or, you know, changing people's behavior, like how is this serving me? And is this serving me in a like a selfish kind of way Mm -hmm. is this serving me for the greater good of the relationship Mm -hmm. you know because there's you that person or persons and the relationship Mm -hmm. so you know how is this dynamic that we've got going on helpful and then the the other thing that we typically talk to our clients about is you know when you go when you're in a relationship and you're going against the things that you believe your values your morals and all of mm-hmm. those things mm-hmm. you're molded into something else that's when depression and anxiety kicks in because you're going against what you believe mm-hmm. yeah 
you feel like you have to do something. It's a level of desperation. I'm not calling nobody desperate, but it's a level of desperation, like this last ditch effort. I have to do this so that I can have him. I have to do this so that I can maintain this relationship when you could easily just let go and find something that fits better. Yeah. Ma'am. So then my next question, have you ever, well, we didn't answer the question. The first question, uh, Dr. Strickland Mm -hmm. did. We did. Did we? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so my next question is when you leave this relationship, do you feel like a weight has been lifted off? Girl? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm free. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's this song that we sing at my, uh, one of the churches that I grew up in. It says, I'm free, free, free. The Lord has set me free. <laughs> I have found the lamb. The lamb of Calvary. <laughs> and every time that's what pops up in my head, I'm like, something is wrong with me. I can't have no uh, soundtrack every time something pop up. <laughs> <laughs> Like but that's idea. yeah that's sound good though I, you free 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 i mm-hmm. like free 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my favorite number okay mm-hmm. uh but of course you know if you have realized that you are no longer even close to the person that you used to be um especially if you had healthy attributes back mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you know once you are out of that headspace you know i think it sometimes will take a while for that freedom to really set in mm-hmm. um I think initially it's kind of like a, a relief and like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. like shock. Like, oh, it really is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm out of this. But then I think, you know, from there, as you continue on not being involved in that relationship, mm-hmm. then that idea of freedom and um, that lack of pressure and expectation and um, conformity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that that starts to get lower and lower and lower and the freedom part gets higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you are even more able to that at that point start looking at, OK, so what went wrong mm-hmm. with me? Yeah. Not what went wrong with them. Yeah. You know, what went wrong with me? What areas did I not set boundaries for myself? Because something I've been talking with a lot of my clients about is, you know, in mental health, we talk a lot about setting boundaries with other people. Mm-hmm. Set but, them boundaries for yourself. Yeah, but you got to also set boundaries for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, where did I compromise my boundaries with myself, let alone regardless of whatever I did with mm-hmm. the other person? Or, you know, what did I um, twist in my own head, mm-hmm. you know, to make it seem lovable, make it seem, yeah. you know, appreciative? or whatnot you know we have a good way um of convincing ourselves of things yeah I think that's a great point because we have to become our own advocacy center mm-hmm. we yeah. advocate for ourselves first and foremost and if you find yourself in a relationship like this and you're always advocating for what the other person wants there are some boundaries that you are crossing over you have crossed over your own boundaries and you are now into theirs mm-hmm. and that's not that's not healthy. And if you lose your boundaries while you're in this relationship, that's not healthy. Cause you have, ev- you have to have boundaries with everybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who it is. You have yes. to have boundaries with everybody and including yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in these types of relationships, you have to go through a, pro- it's a whole process. I know we're, we're kind of starting in the, I guess, middle, like maybe end, but you have to, it's a process of you, going back and understanding like where you where you started twisting the story Mm -hmm. and then you have to forgive yourself for staying in the relationship and allowing the relationship to change or mold you come on forgiveness Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh that's a big one yes that that's a big one and it's a, a difficult one self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others are two things mm-hmm. that we have the most difficult time with be- one because nobody really understands forgiveness mm-hmm. that's a mm, that's a whole different that's topic powerful. that's yes. a different <laughs> session we're not about to dive into that too mm-hmm. deep Yes. But I agree with you. You know, the thing that um, I hear a lot is, you know, how could I have been so stupid? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was weak. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear a lot of that kind of real self-deprecating kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, you know, I've, I can't yeah. tell you how many clients, male and female, I've told it's not stupid to want to be loved by the person that you're with, mm-hmm. even if they're treating you bad. That is not a stupid feeling or yeah. thought or want. Because that's our nature to mm-hmm. want to be loved, to yeah. want to be with, have a companion. Yeah. And, and the opposite of using wisdom is not stupidity. That is true. We deal in a lot of opposites and we just automatically go to what is on the other end of the spectrum. And mm-hmm. we put ourselves down more, which perpetuates the cycle and will keep you going back to that person or going back to something that is similar. You know, we really have to take a moment and be like, okay, you know, let me analyze this situation. Like I know for me personally, when I get out of a relationship, I don't date for a whole year. Now I'm getting older. I'm going to have to stop doing that, but that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) But I, when I was younger and I was actively dating, um, I would not allow myself to get into another relationship for a whole year. Like it was literally marked on the calendar and I would be doing self-work. I'm not just sitting there, you know, Mm -hmm. shooting the breeze. No, I'm like, okay, what do I need to heal from? What do I need to grieve? Um, What do I need to do better within myself? What attracted me to this person? So if Mm. that, if it was a toxic situation, I can stop Mm -hmm. attracting that because for me, I dated emotionally unavailable men because that was what I saw in my dad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus, you know, my grandfather, Mm-hmm. He was there. He was present for me. That was my father figure. But when you are still desiring to be chosen by the man who is your biological parent and you're not getting that, you start forming those type of romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I think for me, I dated men who I committed to who wasn't ready to be committed to. Because you grew mm-hmm. up traditional. Mm-hmm. We, yes. we all been raised to be mm-hmm. good housewives mm-hmm. and cooking and cleaning. And mm-hmm. that's that Southern lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everybody ain't no leader. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't. That's the part we didn't that, get taught was they got to be a leader. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that, I think for me there were a few that was difficult for me to leave. But once mm-hmm. I made up my mind, I was gone. I'm not taking you back. We're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that power feels so good. Once you finally, you know, take it back. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Kind of similar. Same thing. Like mm-hmm. once I, I definitely, my <laughs> first real relationship, I took him back a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, But that last time was like, you know what? I don't care what happens from here. I don't care what you do. Uh, I'm done Mm -hmm. and you know I will just take whatever consequence comes with being done with this relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and thank God it turned out to be okay Mm -hmm. um but yeah like once you have become solid and you know reserved in this is not for me Mm -hmm. you know I cannot place this other person's wants needs Mm -hmm. and whatever above myself anymore because I have you know allowed them to 
get in my head mm-hmm. and, yeah. and change my whole perspective. I mean, basically gaslight me through a whole relationship yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and once you kind of get back to reality, like, hold on, I don't recognize nothing that's on going on around me. Mm-hmm. That is, that's the freeing feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the first part of that whole um, redemption mm-hmm. with self. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. 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 And that, that awareness, whoo, man, that, that's so powerful. Like mm-hmm. that, that can put you on a high that can't nothing else do. <laughs> oh yeah. Because now, like, like we were saying earlier, it, it makes you feel free. You feel light. Like for me, you said you would go a year. I would go four mm. just because most of the time I was in school. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I had been in school all my life. Mm-hmm. So I always had something else I needed to be focused on anyway, instead gotcha. of some mm-hmm. relationship that wasn't yeah. healthy with, for me. And so whenever the relationship would end, I would just dive into more into what I needed to be into anyway. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think the flip side of that is also, um, while you have that awareness and that freedom and all that greatness that comes with that, the other half of that coin is anger, mm-hmm. bitterness, resentment, impulsivity and yeah. impulsivity. Yeah. You know, I could definitely say I held on to some bitterness and well, maybe not resentment, but bitterness because mm-hmm. I became no nonsense mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. Like you could not call me that day. We're done. I'm mm-hmm. not talking to you. You ain't got to call me no more. Cut mm-hmm. off game. Quick. Quick. Zero tolerance. Like every letter you of that word. Quick. Breathing too loud. I can't date you. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was completely no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was like that for, probably for about five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, four or five years. And then it was like, okay, <laughs> hold on. Because you think you want to get in a relationship. That's not going to work no more. Yeah. But it was a... Um, a battle. Yeah, you it's know, a huge undertaking. It was a huge mm-hmm. undertaking. You know, when my husband and I first got together, <laughs> them first few years was real hard. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have lived a certain lifestyle for us. You know, mm-hmm. for yes. a while. You know, you have a certain mindset. You know, I'm also a very driven person. Mm-hmm. You know, so h- learning to now, like, oh no, you said you're going to be with this person, so you have to take their Mm-hmm. their wants and their desires into consideration, not even them trying to push them on you. Right. Like you, you just, just have to respect the fact that they have them. Yeah. Right. That you chose yeah. to be with this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you also have to choose to incorporate them into your life. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, they're not going to just be there just to be there. Mm-hmm. See, I think I held on to mine until I met my husband and I almost didn't let him down for it. <laughs> it was for my bestie. <laughs> it was for my mama. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, like, I almost didn't let him down from him. Like, and I, I know I said this on previous, neither of us was in mm-hmm. a headspace to, to date anyway. But I guess we just kept. kept well, y'all were in a headspace. It's just y'all was hiding behind them boundaries real tough. Because mm. if you be. wouldn't have been ready, y'all wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. Well, in the beginning, like we didn't even talk a lot. Like he, you know, I mean, you know what he mm-hmm. does for a living. So he would call, he would text me maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. And I was fine with that because I wasn't ready mm-hmm. to go full blown. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm assuming he wasn't either. So ease into it. Yeah, we eased into it. And we, uh, and when he was in town, he would take me out. We would mm-hmm. go our separate ways and that was it. So it wasn't like a 
traditional start off mm-hmm. to dating because and I, that's why i say we were in different we would i think we were trying to figure out if this is really what we because we knew if we got into it this was getting because he had been married before so he's used to being a husband mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i knew i had to be ready for what he was going to give me mm-hmm. yeah. and he had to be ready to be dating somebody that has all the stuff that you have going on like mm-hmm. yeah when you dating grown people this not this not for play play we not talking mm-hmm. about okay what time you get out of football practice no we have like life life right yeah. going on right you mm-hmm. know so i think you have to be cognizant of cognizant of that mm-hmm. and realize you know what you're getting yourself into and not just want mm-hmm. a significant other and we you're right though we do we did both have good boundaries that we were trying to hide behind too because mm-hmm. he i can <laughs> admit my husband does have some good boundaries and he is emotionally intelligent now mm-hmm. i do sometimes have to pull out the emotion but he will tell if i if he hear the right one yep that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> See, mine was the complete opposite. He was full force <laughs> from the second that I met him. I mean, that that is him. That, yeah, that that's is him. him. <laughs> yes. I mean, anybody that knows my husband and knows him well knows that he is um, like a moth to a flame when it comes to me. Burning mm-hmm. by the fire. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, so he was full force. Like, it was like he, within a month, he was like, look here's a promise ring <laughs> and I was like what <laughs> mf effort I don't think so like you know I was completely like uh-uh yeah. you know I was definitely not in a I was in a I think I want to be in a relationship headspace but mm-hmm. I was not in a like yes yeah I'm definitely there mm-hmm. um so it took some time for me to kind of catch up to where uh he was mm-hmm. um and then you know again from then now it's the bumps and bruises of okay now i've caught up in mindset but i'm not with you in behavior mm-hmm. you know because now those two things have to align for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that's so. what's important when you have um a healthy relationship after one that has been toxic or yes. unhealthy mm-hmm. is that the ability you have to have the ability to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just be forcing your significant other to go at your pace. Like y'all have Mm -hmm. to go at the same pace together. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't do that, you're going to cause more damage Mm -hmm. in the area that the damage was already at. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's real true. Yeah. I think, I think lucky for me, my husband is very mild mannered and just kind of smooth. Mm-hmm. So he was real chill. So that was <laughs> he still is. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> still is. But that that I think that helped me and him to go at a slower pace that mm-hmm. allowed us to coast first. Mm-hmm. So funny, we have such different spouses. But they, but when they get together, because they baby. will talk. Like Derek is like, <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love yes. that he's very. Um, outgoing, outgoing yeah. and mm-hmm. he's not afraid to oh, yeah. like meet people talk to people <laughs> interact with people you know I do I do appreciate that he is the extrovert even though he's not an extrovert um, he is the extrovert of us too mm-hmm. you know so it can definitely be much easier to incorporate into a group setting mm-hmm. yeah because uh, I definitely I'll hang back and just observe yeah with you the know, quickness and that's the thing with my husband and my bestie being <laughs> being the same sign it's like y'all y'all are just he'll hang back too he'll just look mm-hmm. he always say i'm the mouth he's the muscle <laughs> that's hilarious hey i'm here for that 
I'm here for that. But you know, sometimes when you want to speak, you might want to also listen. So when yep. you listen, you can, you know, head over to Anchor and check out some of the beautiful uh, podcasts that are available, like the Recycle Podcast. So we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, beautiful interns. So we lightly touched on this earlier, but we wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive into dealing with the molder who is actually not qualified to be molding anybody. So ladies, what are your thoughts on that individual? Mm-hmm. So I, so when, when we say unqualified, this is a, one of the things is a person who is insecure. Mm-hmm. A person that's insecure can't mold. Well, now I don't want to say can't because they try. Shouldn't be molding mm-hmm. anyone into anything because and because only thing you're molding them into doing is being insecure like you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This makes me think about um the I don't know if you call it CEU event. I don't know what that was. What you know, Doctor. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So we went to this um event uh for one of our old professors he's mm-hmm. starting um a certificate program mm-hmm. in uh, a school and he, it's based in attachment science mm-hmm. and one of the things that they talk about is insecure attachments and mm-hmm. how you know having these insecure attachments you don't have the capacity to um interact and be in the world in a way that is yep. safe mm-hmm. um open understanding you know, you, there's like a veil there between you and just kind of like living a healthy life of mm-hmm. sorts of security mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and having secure attachments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it puts me in that headspace mm-hmm. that, you know, an ins- a person with an insecure attachment to now we can get real psych one-on-one on this if we want to, but you know, don't dive. so <laughs> psych one-on-one lesson, I'm not going to go way, way, way deep into this, but um, there's a school of thought that uh, you know, our parents, of course, are our first attachments mm-hmm. and you can develop one of four attachment styles, um, secure attachment. And then there's three types of insecure. You have um, anxious, mm-hmm, dismissive, av- yeah, uh, anxious, avoid, um, no anxious and then avoidant, resistant. Mm-hmm. And ooh, the third one is it dismi- it's not dismissive. I want to think it's just disorganized. Oh, mm-hmm. I know it was a D. I couldn't remember. Um, dismissive is um, adult attachment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, if you have one of those insecure attachment styles, you're go- based off the description of each of those, you're not going to be able to relate to people and connect and develop relationships that are, you know, based in anything healthy. Yeah. So then you carry that over into your adulthood and then that branches off into a couple of different extra uh, styles of adult attachment. So when you are insecurely attached to people, you are already operating from a negative, mm-hmm. you know, if we're talking numerically, you're operating from a negative space. So it takes that much more energy for you to one, get up to baseline neutral. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, learn healthier ways of understanding, communicating, listening, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because we've talked about communication before. There's two ends of that. Mm -hmm. You have the speaking piece and the listening piece. You know, so it takes a lot for you to be able to transition that over into a secure attachment because you, one, you just don't have the, the knowledge base to come from. Yeah. yeah. I agree so with that. So when you're molding people from that headspace <laughs> and insecure attachment, 
Uh, like Dr. Jones High said, you are just creating a little minion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, just for you all who didn't know, this was mine and, and Dr. Strickland's dissertation. Mm-hmm. 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 And a good book to read just to kind of understand where you're at in that process is a book called Attached. And it is by Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Uh, Heller, I believe. And it's a book that I normally recommend for my clients. Now, you ain't got to deep dive into no love or anything like that, but it gives you some good insight into how these relationships are formed and how you typically attach yourself. So for me, I'm going to have a secure attachment and sometimes an anxious attachment. And that makes me go after people that can be secure or people who are avoidant. Mm-hmm. You normally attract kind of the opposite because like a disorganized tears my spirit up. So I can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do them. Yeah. Um, but that's what you typically do. The goal is always to work towards secure. And you're not always going to be secure. That's just nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a little bit, you, sometimes you have a little bit of all of them, but you lean closer to one or the other. So it's it kind of like the love languages. Yeah, yeah. It depends on where you start. If you mm-hmm. start, if your foundation is secure, what will make it toggle is your life experiences. Yes. Mm-hmm. So your life experiences can make it insecure and then, but you, your foundation is secure. Mm-hmm. So you have what you um, need on the inside of you to help you to get back to the security. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. wonder if we should, uh, uh, interns, let us know if y'all would like a, a session on attachment theory, attachment science um, to kind of better understand like how, attachments are formed in um childhood mm-hmm. and then how that progresses into adulthood and then what branches off into the different types of adult attachment mm-hmm. uh because you know if you really look at them it can explain a lot mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah we uh the thing about it is i think dr strickland and myself have gotten kind of far removed from mm-hmm. our dissertation but then when we went to this training it kind of brought it all back it was like mm-hmm. oh man yeah. And it's a huge part Some of good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. everything you learn as a psych major. Attachment is a, a very huge part of that because mm-hmm. it goes with development. Attachment and development go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So we do spend a lot of time on that regardless of what theory mm-hmm. you're studying. Yeah. Yeah. And this would be for, especially for our interns that wanted a little bit more um, theory based stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, practical and applicable but you still get that um knowledgeable piece yeah. that kind of comes along with it so y'all let us know help the algorithm yeah mm-hmm. uh you know put it in the comments on one of the posts and you know just let us know if that's something that you might be interested in yeah yeah mm-hmm. so what else has kind of come up in y'all's head when y'all think about the molder mm-hmm. okay we says insecure mm-hmm. i think um and I don't know if this is umbrellaed up underneath insecure, but I think of a fearful person, mm-hmm. you know, that is the molder, yeah. especially if they're molding or trying to shape a person in an unhealthy way, mm-hmm. that there's a level of fear and isolation or fears of abandonment that mm-hmm. kind of be couched up underneath that person. Mm-hmm. Um, because what would be my purpose in trying to change you mm-hmm. or, you know, if I'm really trying to change you in some unhealthy kind of way, like what would be my pur- purpose? You know, I don't want to be alone. You know, I don't think that I'm lovable. You know, that whole Mm -hmm. internal personal narrative of not being uh, worthy, you know, can lead people to do things Mm -hmm. from a fear 
based perspective mm-hmm. and even the other side of that being a control freak because mm-hmm. that allows you to stay in your neat box and you can't have anybody disrupting that so you make everybody be what you want them to be and mm-hmm. then to umbrella that was with narcissism mm. because <laughs> i know that's that we would a, have you whole, could do a whole yes. series on just narcissism which we probably need to because mm-hmm. we touched on it when we did the manipulation one but it goes so much deeper than that way deeper mm-hmm. so when you have a, a it's so it's so weird because not weird but i guess weird because even when narcissists try to mold their person significant other even when they terminate the relationship they're still trying to mold them because you're forever theirs mm-hmm. you ain't never lie yeah <laughs> i just be trying to do a podcast i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> Okay, just trying to live life. Yes. But I agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what else? Um, the molder. So I would say on the, did we talk about the healthy side? Have we talked about that yet? Mm-mm. Okay. So I would say the healthy side, if you can say, I think both people are elaborating on what they want, mm-hmm. you know, or and what they need. And both people are trying to decide if this is something that I can do. Yeah. And you can always leave the deal at any point. Yeah. And you don't, uh, you're not manipulated or Mm -hmm. controlled or fear Mm -hmm. leaving the situation. Cause it's like, no, this is not working. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's, um, um, uh, I guess, a, a healthy termination to the relationship and y'all can still be friends yeah yeah potentially yeah absolutely yeah i think if you are on the healthier end of trying to mold a person it's not necessarily that you're trying to mold the person you know because you know my my mm-hmm. whole thought is there's three pieces in a relationship there's you you and then the relationship mm-hmm. so if you're coming from a healthy standpoint it's not that i'm trying to mold you we're trying to mold the relationship. Yeah. I can I can agree with that. You and know? it gives yeah. you better perspective when it's a little bit further out from the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can determine what actually works. Um, prime example, I have a couple that has a very um, serious issue with the way that they communicate with each other. It's a, a very roundabout way. Y'all know this couple. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that they're having an issue with is something of a, spe- a sexual nature. And they have very polar opposite ideals about what this should look like. But what I tell them is if you're not willing to come to the table and negotiate somewhere closer to the middle, then why are y'all insisting that y'all have to stay married? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people Agreed. get lost in what well, we married. <laughs> but if the marriage is not working, mm-hmm. like you're just going to be married and miserable for the rest of your life. And sometimes yeah. you picked wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Your like, picker's broken. Yeah. I think people think just because we with somebody like that, that was a wise choice. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes we, we do things that are unwise and we need to really get out of it. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have yes. to think about the time of your life when you ended up in this relationship mm-hmm. You know, if you are, and this has this is no bearing specifically on very young people, but if you were 19 when you got married and now you and this individual are 35, who you guys were at 19, if you did not grow together mm-hmm. and make the changes as you became full-fledged, realized yeah. adults, then, yeah, you may, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, 
you're not quite who I would like to be with anymore because as a teenager, what I wanted and what was important is vastly different than what I want and what is important to me as a 35 year old, you know, person. Mm -hmm. And if you did make changes, how, one of the things we always say, how did those changes affect you, your partner and the relationship? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times because people are not really thinking that way, people just change and don't talk about the change. And so it starts affecting the relationship. And then you come to therapy and we tell you this like, Oh, well maybe I do need to pay attention to the change because people typically don't even pay attention to the fact that they change. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, um, on the sex side, because mm-hmm. you know, that's a very physical thing, um, where you witness, I have a couple recently, um, and he came in and he was like, well, I've always done it this way and she's never had a problem with it before. I said, so you've been penetrating her vagina the same way since y'all was 19. Y'all 45. Oh, you don't think she want a little something different? You don't think you want a little something different. Like, yeah. why do you not want to evolve? Are you lazy? Are you, is it an ego thing? And you feel ashamed that you're not able to please her? Like, tell me where this is coming from, where your significant other giving you directives is now a problem. Mm-hmm. So you want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Not like that, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this kind of just this, um, you know, th- thread of the conversation mm-hmm made me think about neutral molding or uh-huh. neutral changes. You know, we've kind of talked about healthy changes and then we've talked about kind of the unhealthy mm-hmm. version of that. But, you know, I'm thinking of that middle of the road where it's not necessarily that I have done something specific mm-hmm. to try to change you. Mm-hmm. Um, but just from the nature of living. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have no ill will, no intent, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're just going through the motions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we're not arguing. We have a very yeah. blah, bland kind of um, relationship set up. And how does that change you? You know, like makes you yeah. complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, life passes you by without you being a participant yeah. of it. And it's a very um, safe and it way. doesn't allow you to seek out any more excitement in your relationship. And it's also very controlling. Mm. It's mm-hmm. like, this is my regimen mm-hmm. and I'm not um, deferring from it. Like it's, it's always this and we kind of live in, in our bubble. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I imagine that could be a little bit of fear based or it could be a little bit of obliviousness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that, I think once couples get to a certain point in their marriage or, mm-hmm. you know, whatnot, it becomes more difficult because people think that somebody's ego is going to be bruised or pro- pride is going to be bruised. But I think if you stay true to yourself and the relationship and your partner, then I think that is what you have to f- stay focused on so mm-hmm. that you can make sure like, okay, we, we haven't been out on a date in six months. Like what we need, something need to happen. We need to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think um, unless people have been in like really long relationships, really understand how easy it is for monotony to set in and just day to day and you just get into the humdrum (laughs) of life. Yeah, you go to work, you come home, you cook, you pay bills. If you have children, you do whatever it is people do with children. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, like you just get into the routine of, okay, on the weekends we do laundry and then we (laughs) cut the grass and then we go grocery shopping on Sunday and then we do the, you know, you just kind of get into this slump. There's no intentionality in it. Right. And that's why I'm thinking like the uh, neutral molding, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not that either one of us have actively tried to make a change Mm -hmm. in the other person, but our lack of Mm -hmm. has caused the change in one another. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that complacency is real. Mm-hmm. I ain't got time. Because, <laughs> I mean, that breeds um, depression. It mm-hmm. breeds resentment. Um, like we talked about in the previous session, you know, waking up one day, you, now you divorcing or you done went and got a sports car. Like, that's just, that's not mm-hmm. an active way to be present in your own life. Not saying you got to have a meeting every week about something, but if you are that type of couple, then that may be what you need to do. I think mm-hmm. it also breeds infidelity. True. Mm, it can. That's how them emotional affairs show start. Because mm-hmm. mm. you're looking for something, some excitement. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's the more common mm-hmm. affair type. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People you know, don't realize it. I'm sure we could look up some stats on that if we really wanted to. But, you know, the sexual affair is, you know, that's a human need. That's just mm-hmm. kind of trying to fulfill that piece. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the emotional affair, that that's a little bit deeper, you know, because it's talking about connection mm-hmm. and it's, there's a void there that's being filled by this other person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I had to say, you know, that whole work husband, mm-hmm. work wife idea, I mean, what y'all think that really is? Yeah. Right. I remember uh, in high school, I had a work boyfriend and it was only because another girl at the job liked him that mm-hmm. he didn't, he wasn't interested in. So he made me his work. <laughs> trying to protect himself yeah and he had a girlfriend i had a boyfriend Mm. so yeah it was funny we would go on breaks together he was you going on your break yet Uh, i ain't going by myself (laughs) (laughs) you know because i and we are not necessarily talking about infidelity on this particular um session but we have another one Mm -hmm. where you have the platonic affair oh yeah you know you can have all types of ways that you invest energy in a whole nother person. And if you and your spouse have kind of gotten into that humdrum and monotonous and um, type of relationship and like, you know, both the doctors here have said that can lead to that implanting the idea that I want something more mm-hmm. and that what I have is no longer good enough. Yeah. So one of the things that I would say for a couple that's in this type of situation is for you and your significant other to sit down and kind of um, come up with some things that it, that y'all have always wanted to try, whether it was travel, whether it was going to a football game or basketball game, something mm-hmm. like that, and just kind of figure out what your likes and dislikes are now. Because regardless of whether or not you like it or not, you've tried it, you did something together, and now you can begin to know who you are again. Yeah. And if, you know, you need something further than that, you can always check out Balance Beacon because they do offer couples counseling and you may listen to their lovely ad as we head into another break. It's so much going on in the world right now, and we could all use some extra support. At Balance Beacon, we offer counseling services for individuals, couples, families, and groups. If you're in Texas, give us a call at 214-396-6503 or visit our website at www 
balancebeacon.com for more information. Ladies, are you looking for a new way to get your body right and your body tight? Well, let me give you the scoop on She. She Dance Studios is a women's only sensual fitness program geared towards unleashing that inner goddess. We're currently offering classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. inside Active Family Wellness located at 4120 North Collins Street, Suite 200, Arlington, Texas 76005. For more information, DM us on Instagram or Facebook at She Dance Studios. Okay, so I was thinking about what you were just saying, uh, Dr. Jones Hines. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I was kind of adding on in my head about that was we talked about fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing that kind of infiltrates couples is fear of communication, Mm -hmm. like fear of being embarrassed that I'm going to hurt my partner, that they're not going to understand me, Mm -hmm. you know, saying the the wrong thing, saying the Mm -hmm. wrong thing. Uh, So I think addressing the fear Mm -hmm. of what type of conversation do we need to have? Mm-hmm. And does that conversation include us making changes so that we can better the relationship? Or does that conversation include us making the decision that this is no longer viable for mm-hmm. the two of us based off the people that we are today mm-hmm. or the people that we've become over the course of our relationship and we need to go our separate ways. Yeah, And just understand that when you have these types of relationships, um, Uh, conversations what will happen is people get afraid like you were saying dr strickland uh, to have the conversation because it's a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. we could probably have a a session on difficult conversations too and how to have them but (laughs) (laughs) but anytime you know you're going to have a discussion with someone um, who loves you if you're telling them something that is a, that's either bothering you, offending you, ha- has made you uncomfortable, it's going to hurt their feelings. So don't mm-hmm. try to think, oh, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, the thing about it is it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. You in a business, don't do that. Right. <laughs> Let Allow them to be free to have the feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I often tell my clients when it comes to fear or another emotion that people typically try to get away from is don't allow any of your emotions to become a paralytic mm-hmm. paralyze you mm-hmm. you need to allow that to fuel your decision you know it goes with your logic your reasoning your thinking all a emotion is is an indication that something is happening either mm-hmm. inside your body outside your body or whatever and so when you know how to utilize your emotions in the correct way it's just going to be like, okay, I'm experiencing fear. What is the fear related to? And how do I use that to get to the next step? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And, and be mindful of the type of conversation you're getting ready to have as well. So <laughs> if you're getting ready to have a difficult conversation, it might not be wise for you to go just target, 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 <laughs> wag your finger, wag your mm-hmm. finger. Yeah. It's that's not 
that's not the way. <laughs> yeah. Get your words together. Get your feelings together. Get your feelings manage your feelings i'm not gonna say get them under control but manage your feelings so that your feelings won't talk for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you want to balance the intellect and the emotion mm-hmm. so that you can come from a place of logic yes mm-hmm. yes and then be mindful of the other person because regardless if it's a difficult conversation the person's feelings may be hurt anyway and that's okay like yes. i don't know why or how we became such a sensitive society but so closed off like it it don't really make any sense it doesn't and when because when you have those difficult conversations it's not really meant for either person to walk (laughs) walk away angry yeah stomping their feet (laughs) it's like i think people don't really have a correct concept of like hard conversations or like if I come and say X, Y, and Z to you, okay, it's okay for me to be mad. Like I've I've yeah. used this example before when uh, Dr. Jones Hines and I first uh, met each other, we didn't like instantaneously click, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Strickland was like our uh, in-between yeah. person because mm-hmm. she understood how we both were. Mm-hmm. So I remember there was one time Dr. Jones Hines called me right before I had a, a class that I was getting ready to teach. And she's like, Hey, do we have a problem? Da, 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 da. And I was like, nah what you talking about (laughs) 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 and the thing was was i offended yeah but not offended like i don't want to talk to her no more no it's just Mm -hmm. like we had to talk it out we we gave each other our boundaries and we asked each other to hold each other accountable if we did that and we was like good i was like girl i don't care like that i was like but what are you talking it's early (laughs) you know i'm not no morning person i go teach this class like i remember like vividly because i was walking around my eyes barely open trying to find me some oatmeal to eat because i'd be done passed out in my own class so i remember that in that scenario it's like was i uncomfortable yeah because I'm uncomfortable because I don't like disappointing people like Dr. Jones Hines and Dr. Strickland know that about me like I am even though I have my people pleaser under control Mm -hmm. it is still a part of me so I want people to feel like I'm pulling my weight and that I'm showing up for them so when somebody comes and tells me something I have to like hold myself (laughs) spiritually internally my energy and be like okay don't overcompensate just Mm -hmm. listen to what they say and be like oh okay yeah that makes sense do you got anything do you want to say something like that's how you work through that and don't be afraid to be uncomfortable don't be afraid to be awkward these are people that you love right right and it was uncomfortable for me to (laughs) to call her just Mm -hmm. not because i don't because i will confront anybody it don't matter but i still know her personality and i know my personality i know i can come off very firm and very strong and it can be seen as condescending or belittling or dismissive or something like that it's before she softened before i softened yes thank you for that (laughs) Mm -hmm. i like that check and um and i know but at that time it wasn't as unmanaged Mm -mm. and so i know i needed to be mindful of how i said something so that i didn't hurt her feelings Mm -hmm. and it didn't turn into this big argument Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we prayed and everything it was it was fine yep but that that's those are the type of things that we talk about like you have to be willing to be vulnerable with each other like if you Mm -hmm. really are choosing this person to do life with like i don't understand why people said i'm gonna do life with you but i'm not gonna really 
be present. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't really m- make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm angry, I need to definitely be able to get my emotions together and understand where they're coming from. But then I need to be able to properly express that anger. Like mm-hmm. you don't only share like, Oh my gosh, I got this accolade, but right. then I want to knock your head off. Right. Like you have to <laughs> express yeah. both of those, but in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're in a relationship that you can't express both, you might want to rethink that relationship. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. should be able to express, talk about any emotion you have with your your friend your partner yeah and you should be able to talk about any of that and they should be able to talk about it with you because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's what makes a, a healthy relationship yeah. if, if every time if i got upset and couldn't vent to dr strickland she don't need to be my best friend Mm-mm. that's true and it, it don't even have to be about her it can just be about the fact that i need to vent right yeah yeah i mm. remember i had a conversation with a girl um that we were trying to be friends she she's obviously not like a close person to me but i remember telling her i said you are really irritating me right now like you are really getting on my nerves with the way that you talking to me her response was how can you say that to me i said okay we ain't gonna be able to go any further because i can't express myself mm-hmm. it already take a lot for me to want to say stuff like that because i'd be like oh i'm hurt of feelings you right. know the little mm-hmm. empath me is like oh i don't want to feel it mm-hmm. um so i was like okay so she only wants the niceties yeah and i don't yeah. want fair people, weather friend yeah i don't want that in my life i want real true I ain't going to say true blue because that means something else. I wrote real true <laughs> friendships um, that are going to really be there. And, you know, I've told y'all this in private, you know, with me having gone through cancer, like you really mm-hmm. figure mm-hmm. out who's really in your yeah. corner. Cause that's yeah. a very lonely experience. Even when you have people around you, cause nobody's going through that with you in that moment. They've seen me break down, have a whole <laughs> episode after a surgery. And I was like, you need to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why did you even come, <laughs> come to work? I know <laughs> because y'all needed me. <laughs> no, we need you to much. be healthy, <laughs> but you get we, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like we needed you, you to go get better. Yeah. Yes. So it's like you, you really have to have people in your corner in order to have these type of conversations and progress the relationships forward if you don't have that it's kind of like why do you, why did you select this person yeah mm-hmm. so one of the things you just said uh when you told the young lady that uh she was irritating you let's talk about how a healthy or how it can sound healthy when mm-hmm. someone you know responds to you when when you tell them that so when we were having our conversation um we were having an argument now mind you the argument was not about us Mm -hmm. it was secondhand argument which is even weirder (laughs) and so I was like I'm extremely irritated right now and I need I think I said I need a moment or something like that because I don't want to go off on you Mm -hmm. and so she took that offensively but what she could have communicated was I don't understand why you would want to go off on me Mm -hmm. based off of what we're talking about or she could have said you know why Mm-hmm. are you mm-hmm. <laughs> why what am I doing yeah what have uh-huh. I said you know uh-huh. so that there can be some clarity because it could have just been me mm-hmm. a misunderstanding but, but because I'm, she I misheard something exactly mm-hmm. but because there's no dialogue mm-hmm. it's a monologue mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no dialogue going on we can't get past that yeah. right. and so we literally stared at each other for two two minutes and then she changed the subject I said okay oh mm-hmm. that's weird yeah it's weird. And I said, I'm Ugh. not, I'm not, I can't psychologize as people say, that's not a word. <laughs> I can't psychologize. I can't shrink you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Y'all not paying me mm-hmm. and it's unethical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So y'all hear <laughs> so y'all hear the healthy type of response that could have made the conversation go different or go in a healthy direction. Mm-hmm. So that's what we mean by, you know, when you have a, a difficult conversation, it doesn't mean that somebody has to walk away angry, but get an understanding so that you can both begin to mm-hmm. understand each other and it be healthy. And you yeah. also don't have to skip through the tulips. You know, it don't Ooh, have to be ease on down the road either. You know, I can't stand we, that. We can be upset at each other and still love each other. I can oh, look yeah. at you like, I can't stand you today, but I love you. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Here yes. go that asterisk. Like, uh-huh. People today. have yes. these really weird thought processes about like what relationships are supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. We're not ever going to argue. Okay, you're weird then. Right. Even if yeah. it's not a high level, high energy argument, y'all are still going to disagree on things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you will get upset with each other. And that's okay, too. That doesn't have to end (laughs) the relationship. Exactly. If you have a true relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't have a true relationship, then, hey, it might. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. that you might need to let it go anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) With everything you ladies said. Well, I think that's it, folks. Mm -hmm. So y'all know we always end off with a quote. We do, we do, we do. And today's quote is coming from Ernest Hemingway. And it reads, people always think that the most painful thing in life is losing the one you value. The truth is the most painful thing is losing yourself in the process of valuing someone too much and forgetting that you are special too. Must be his body control. So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.